Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Kathy Kay, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Thursday, November 10th, 2016. Today we are reading from the big book, and we are on page 161, the very last paragraph. Today's readers are Sally A. on the 12 Steps, Isabel F. on the 12 Traditions, and reading the text are Hoodie R., Larry K., and Deborah R. The reference number for yesterday, Wednesday, November 9th, is 9247. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Sally A. to read the 12 steps of OA. Thank you. Thank you so much for your service to all of us, Kathy. This is Sally A. in New York, and these are the 12 steps. Step one, we admitted we were powerless over food that our lives had become unmanageable. Step two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Step three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Step four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Step five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Step six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Step seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Step eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Step nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Step 10, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Step 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And step 12, Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles 
in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me do service in our past. Thank you, Sally A. I will now ask Isabella F. to read the 12 traditions of OA. Good morning. This is Isabel F. I'm a competitive overeater from Massachusetts. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon a unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscious. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for AA membership is a desire to stop drinking. Four, each group should be an autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or AA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the alcoholic who still suffers. Six, an AA group never endorse, finance, or lend the AA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from primary purpose. Seven, every AA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Alcoholics Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, A as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Alcoholics Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, and the A name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and films. 12. Anonymity is a spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you. Thank you, Isabel F. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinent requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass and then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book on page 161, uh, the last paragraph that begins only under only slightly different conditions. And I will ask Hoodie R to read two paragraphs and share on both. Good morning to you, Kathy Kay. This is Hoodie R, a recovered compulsive overeater. Under only slightly different conditions, the same thing is taking place in many eastern cities. In one of these, there is a well-known hospital for the treatment of alcoholic and drug addiction. Six years ago, one of our number, 
was a patient there. Many of us have felt for the first time the presence and power of God within its walls. We are greatly indebted to the, the doctor in attendance there, for he, although it might prejudice his own work, has told us of his belief in ours. Every few days, this doctor suggests our approach to one of his patients. Understanding our work, he can do this with an eye to selecting those who are willing and able to recover on a spiritual basis. Many of us, former patients, go there to help. Then, in this eastern city, there are informal meetings, such as we have described to you, where you may now see scores of members. These are the same fast friendships there is the same helpfulness there are the same fast friendships there are the same there is the same helpfulness to one another as you find among our western friends there is a good bit of travel between east and west and we foresee a great increase in this helpful interchange and um you know this these paragraphs i'm just thinking of you know the doctor expresses in his opinion in the doctor's opinion and how he is, this doctor, Dr. Silkworth, is a well-known doctor, chief chief physician in the hospital. And here, even though it went against all his medical, he saw these, he saw these alcoholics. He saw different types of alcoholics. Some of people would just come in, get dried out, and then go back out, and he never, never see them again. But then some percentage... He would see them dry out, and then um, he, they would dry up. They would get dried up, and then they would, they would. But then they would come. They would go out, and then they would keep. And then they would keep coming back over and over. Every cup, you know, just picking up. And um, you know, he saw this with Bill W. This is a patient there, and um, he saw how this um, once they were taught about the physical allergy of the body and the obsession of the mind, the greater aspect of the disease, and how they worked, they were they were given a few certain steps, you know, they were recovered and they were able to, um, you know, um, you know, and they were able to go out and be helpful to others. And, um, and so he he would tell these people who keep coming back that they would and then they would have all these that the all recovered would come and um explain what the physical aspect because once you know the only person that you know one a person that um had been through that that's a person that could under um could you know work with um, share their experience with another because I know, I know what this person, um, other people are going through. I have been there, and so I could be of helpful to others. And so grateful, you know, today for these phone meetings, you know, from all around the world. Like you could just connect and um, and share honestly, and be helpful to other people who are dealing with the similar situations that you are. And um, you know, yes, the fast friendships when we get together. Um, you know, over the phone, we share a common bond, and um, it's just, you know, this 12th step is that I have, I have um, had a spiritual um, awakening as a result of these steps, so why wouldn't I want to be helpful to the next person? And with that, I pass. Thank you, Hoodie R. 
Who would like to share on these paragraphs? This is Bella. Can I share? Bella G. Yes. Janice. Janice M. Janice M. I heard someone Kim. with Janice. Kim J. Kim G. Charles H. Charles H. Vasa O. Vasa O. Let's stop there. We have Bella G. Janice M. Kim G. Charles H. And Vasa O. Please go ahead, Bella. What page are we on? Page 161, the bottom, and the next page through the first full paragraph. Thank you. Please go ahead, Bella. Thank you. Good morning. My name is Bella G, and I am a thankful recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, Katie, for doing this service, and thank you very much, everybody on the line. There are the same fast friendship. There is the same helpfulness to one another. And yes, this is the wonderful and the connection in this program because we don't have to be the same. We don't have to live in the same neighborhood. We don't have to belong at the same religion. We don't have to be at the same age. We don't have to be the same, you know, a woman or a man. We don't. We just have to be connected because we are sharing, you know, our connection, our connection to a higher power that loves us and accepts us. And we are all human, and we share here our experience, strength, and hope. It's not a program of relationship as a teacher and a student or a doctor and his patient. You know, I know better than you, or you know better than me. It's not such a thing. We are all at the same, you know, at the same stage. We are all, we all experience, you know, the same common problem, the same common symptom, and we are sharing the same solution, to be connected to a higher power that accepts us and wants us and loves us, and he knows that we are human and we are not perfect, and this is not my goal now, to be perfect and to show you that I can be perfect. And this is the wonderful friendship, you know, that I know that whenever I, I am struggling with a challenge, I always can call my friends in the program. I know that I will not be judged and blamed. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Bella G. Janice M., please go ahead. Well, thank you, Kathy Kay, and good morning to you and everyone on the line. My name is Janice M., and I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Yeah, this third paragraph on page 161 is the prophecy for us. It's the vision. It's the vision for us. This is their experience. Again, under only slightly different conditions, okay, conditions could be different, but what's the same? The same thing is our unification, the unity that we have that have this solution that those of us that have the the gift of recovery so that we can tell them, so that we can share our experience. Now, this doctor, of course, they're talking still about some history. Is Dr. Silky, as was mentioned, in the town's hospital. You know, he was working with these alcoholics, like was said. And 
you know, he just couldn't, he just didn't have the, the experience. He didn't know, he, he knew the new physical aspect of our, our um, illness, but he couldn't get them well. He couldn't get them well. Why? Because they needed a spiritual experience. And he is a human being. He's a, a doctor. He couldn't, because he's not a higher power, see? He couldn't give this solution to someone else. Now, a lot of us have a, have a higher power, but we still couldn't have to get the solution. I know in my case, I couldn't. But, you know, so this is the vision he could see and you could rely. He states on XXVI, you can rely. Imagine a doctor saying that you can rely on anything they say. He's talking about the ones that are recovered. Why? Because they've had that experience. You know, the doctor can tell you about how to do surgery, but he can't give us this solution because it's spiritual. See, physical cannot give spiritual. Um, we just can't. I mean, I've been through this many years. And also they found that their families were reunited. They went back into the community. They were recovered. This was the attraction. I mean, who can only give that but a higher power? Again, we are greatly indebted. Oh, my goodness, I am so grateful for, for Dr. Silkworth and, and, and Bill. And, of course, the higher power, my higher power, who initiated this whole thing anyway that was behind this. How could it be um, that some drunks or a doctor could do this? A doctor can't do this for me today. I'm married to one. He couldn't do it. No. So his belief in ours, which means the doctor, the, believe us, the ones that have recovered, we have the experience. We've been there. We've done that. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Janice M. Kim G., please go ahead. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. My name is Kim G. Every few days, this doctor suggests our approach, the 12 steps, to one of his patients. Understanding our work, he can do this with an eye to selecting those who are willing and able to recover on a spiritual basis. You know, I have to tell you, I rarely meet newcomers in OA. What I meet often are people like me. People who have been in and out of the rooms for decades, relapsing and coming back and getting some abstinence, relapsing and coming back and getting some abstinence. So when they talk about our approach, you know, I think about my own experience. You know, my own experience in the 90s was really, I was just walked into a meeting, I was given a food plan, I was told what my abstinence was, and I was told to work tools. You know, there was this meeting in Cherry Hill, New Jersey that had, like they talked about, it had 60 to 80 people. And what the meeting consisted of is people getting up and qualifying about their days of abstinence, and then there would be different people that would pitch one of the eight tools that there were at the time. Let me tell you, that meeting a year ago, two years ago, was down to five people after being close to 100. Why is that? Because the approach was dieting with group support. You know, about a year ago, as the big book became more popular in my area, that meeting decided to change and become a big book meeting. They now average 10 to 15 people at that meeting. It's starting to grow because the approach is no longer dieting with group support. The approach is the 12 steps. You know, a year or so ago, I was asked to speak on the third step up in western New Jersey. And after I talked to the person that um, asked me a month later, they don't want me to come back. They were very angry at me. 
because they said that the OA is not about this big book and it's not about the 12 steps. OA is about the nine tools and meetings, and they don't want someone who's talking about the steps in their meeting. I mean, that's sad. So I think we need to check our own experience. Check your own experience. When you are just working tools or a food plan, what happens? What happens when you're working the steps? What happens with your meetings when the focus is only a food plan? What happens in your inner group? My experience is when we focus only on a food plan and tools, the meetings disintegrate. When they focus on the steps, the meetings grow. When I focus on controlling the problem, my experience is relapse. When I control the, focusing on the solution, my experience is recovery. So what is our approach? What is the approach of the big book? What is the approach of this meeting that has grown by leaps and bounds over these four years? The approach is first we put down the food, then we work the steps, which allows us to recover, and then we carry the message. So what I do in my face-to-face -face meetings and on Vision for You when I talk to newcomers is my eye is focused towards those who want the solution, those who are willing to take action on the 12 steps, not the people that maybe aren't just they're not interested yet. They just want a shoulder to cry on. They want a diet. And they just want some support in their disease. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim G. Charles H., please go ahead. Thank you, Kathy K. Can you hear me clearly? I can. Thanks. Thank you so much. Charles H., a recovered compulsive overeater. Man, this is, this is some juicy stuff here in these two paragraphs. Um, so. Many of us former patients go there to help. I want to talk. I want to talk to this real quick. Um, you know, in in in, in AA, this is this is how this is the H and I commitment. This is how this is birthed. Hospital and institutions. Um, you know, going back and talking to to, to um to patients that are that are sick that are still sick. Uh, so uh, woo. All right. We are greatly indebted to the doctor in attendance there, for he also he although it might prejudice his own work, and I want to speak to that as well because in the first edition, doctor uh, the doctor's opinion was included in the first 164 pages, um, but his name wasn't signed in there because it might prejudice his own work. Um, you know, talking to us, you know, and, and doing a step 11 last night asking for an intuitive thought of what I could have done better. You know, stringing along this, this man that um, is not, that does not want to turn his food over and, and saying the resentment inventory is tough and, and, and doing this and trying to control the situation, my higher power said, you know what, release him. Your blood will not be, his blood will not be on my hands. I don't care if you hate me. Hate me and be alive. Uh, don't die and say, oh, I love that guy, Charles. He was so cushiony and and loving and so caring. But am I caring? If you don't want to turn, if I turn my food over every single day, why? Because that's that's how that's what it is. The doctor, Doctor Silkwork, explained to me that um, I got a physical allergy, and no matter how absent I am, how recovered I think I am, thank God for these ladies yesterday. We did so much. I took so much ten steps, and we let it go. I mean, we let it go. We let it go, and, and, and we just let it go, and that's the design for living, the spiritual side. And with an eye, you know, after keeping this, you know, it, it says if we don't give it back, we are doomed. I, you, you know what? And 
Dr. Silkworth says, yes, you got to quit cold turkey or you're going to end up a dead duck. If I, if I don't quit cold turkey and get a spiritual awakening and give it back to somebody, I will end up a dead duck. It's all through the book. It starts with a doctor pin and it goes through the first 164 pages and it goes in the story. That if you try to keep this thing, you try to control this thing, you will end up dead before your time and before my time. That's why we have the zest. That's why we're, we're so elated to help somebody else. And, and, and I'm just grateful for that, to be a part of this uh, solution one day at a time. Thank you, Kathy K, for your service. I pass. Thank you, Charles H. And Vasa O, please go ahead. Thank you. Good morning, Kathy K, for your service. And I'm grateful, recovered, compulsive reader calling from Florida now. And yes, we are united from east to west, from south to north. It's amazing people that are heard on the phone bridge and other countries. So I'm so um, amazed how God brings people together. It doesn't matter, you know, whether we're women, men, poor, rich, old, young. Um, it's, we, are, I'm suff- we are suffering with the same disease. And uh, it's a deadly disease. And, uh, yes, I did try to control the food for many, many, many years, and it did not work. And uh, I wanted to go. I had heard people going to hospitals or treatments. Never had the money to go to a treatment. I'm sure the insurance, I don't know. I don't think if I was evaluated, I wouldn't have been accepted anyways. But anyways, I thought that that was going to be my solution no one could make me abstinent, not myself, not my doctor, not my husband. It's not like I didn't hear the word, you know, how to diet. And, you know, I explored everything, everything out there, and nothing worked. And I surrendered to the food because there was nothing much longer. I said, I'm just going to die miserable and unhappy. And I thank God that I came to Overeaters Anonymous. And uh, I, my sponsor said, Vasa, you need to find a power greater than yourself. It's going to kill you, you know, if you don't do the work. And I'm grateful that I was introduced to the, to the big book, the 12 steps. And number one, I needed to put the food down. And that was really hard. You know, it was very hard. But I, you know, with God's uh, help and the program and people that were there to support me, I could do it one day at a time. And it became, it's just a way of life today. And I never thought I could live without some of those sugary things for the rest of my life. And I've been doing it for many, many years. And I'm well alive and happy and joyful. Thank you for letting me share and I pass. Thank you, Vasa O. Who else would like to share on these two paragraphs? Patsy? Melissa C. Jennifer P. Janice B. Patsy B. Okay. Um, let's see. I have Patsy. Uh, I didn't get your first initial of your last name. Melissa P. Okay. P as in boy. Okay, got it. Thank you. Melissa C., Jennifer P., and Janice B. Anyone else? Nessa R. Nessa R. Leia M. Leia M. Okay, let's stop there. Um, Patsy B., please go ahead. 
Yes. This is a serious, dangerous disease. And I have been working with a lot of people lately that they're going to die if they don't get help. And I know that this Visions for You has really helped in my life. I was in OA for many years, and I just didn't get it. But with the help of Visions and reading the big book, I've really, really starting to grasp it. And I want to thank all of you that have shared on the line because it's all beneficial to helping me do God's work. With that, I pass. We don't hear you, Kathy. I was muted there. Uh, Melissa C., please go ahead. Hi. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning, everyone. It's Melissa C., recovered compulsive overeater in New York. And, um, you know, when I think about um, a few things, one is, uh, you know, they're talking about this East Coast, uh, you know, kind of uh, exchange relationship. And, boy, if we don't have that here, you know, this is incredible to have a fellowship that. Um, is so readily accessible that really spans the globe. And, um, you know, just how incredible um, that is. You know, when I had sponsors, sponsees that have told me um, they struggle late at night and they're, you know, they don't want to call and bother somebody. They're afraid of bothering somebody late. You know, it's so easy to, to just lovingly remind them, we have a fellowship that spans the globe. It's night here on the East Coast, but it's not, you know, it's night, night elsewhere. And um, and so that offers us a lot of support. And the other thing that, um, you know, has me thinking is um, this doctor, you know, Dr. Silkworth, and how he had the ability to um, see who was uh, ready to perhaps recover, you know, who was ready to um, grab onto a spiritual solution and who needed a spiritual solution, you know. And so um, I think about my own doctor, you know, who did not offer me that. You know, he his experiences said, um, you need a diet solution, Melissa. And so every year when I would go for a physical um, or when I would have to go because I had a sore throat, you know, it was get on the scale um, and get a lecture. And that was brought the emotional appeal. You know, it didn't, it never brought me to the solution. And, um, you know, so one of my last visits to the doctor before I, you know, found uh, my recovery and threw myself into my recovery was him telling me that I needed to get surgery. You know, I needed to get bariatric surgery. There was no other solution. And, you know, next week I am returning to my doctor for my yearly physical. And, you know, I thank you, God, I never had the surgery, but um, I'm in a normal-sized body now, you know, as a result of this incredible program of a 
spiritual solution. And so, um, you know, I know that I know he's going to comment on my on my weight loss. He has the last, you know, couple of times that I went, he was amazed. Um, and I know this time I have a unique and opportunity and a responsibility to come with, you know, with the phone numbers, with the materials, with my number, with I am sure that he has patients that come across him. And um, whether he does anything with it or not, um, you know, my charge is to carry the message, to live the message and carry the message. Be helpful. Um, thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa C. Jennifer P., please go ahead. Hi, this is Jennifer P., Recovered Compulsive Reader in New Jersey. Uh, thank you, Kathy, and everyone for your service. And I don't usually get to uh, call into the live meeting, so I'm really grateful that I can do that today. Um, so what jumped out at me is, um, the, you know, with his eye uh, to selecting those who are willing and able to recover on a spiritual basis. You know, before I found this big book and this meeting, um, I, I really, I didn't get it, get from my face-to-face -to -face meetings that I went to uh, over the years. Um, and I've been in OA 23 years, that the purpose of this book and the solution is to, to teach me how to recover. And re how do I recover? On a spiritual basis. It's not to be recovering for the rest of my life because what I, that's what I was taught to do before. That's what I was trying to do. And, and I was always trying, trying. I didn't get there because I, I, did, I didn't understand and I didn't know what the solution is. And you know, thank God and thank you, Dr. Silkworth, for explaining and, and everyone on this meeting who taught me from and that I have a twofold disease, not a threefold disease, a twofold disease. I need to understand that before I can even hear about the solution, you know, and then and how to affect the solution. And the other thing that jumps out of me here is um, that I see that the word helpfulness is in this paragraph twice. You know, I my life depends today on how helpful and sincerely helpful I am to people um, who are also suffering from this disease. And, you know, that means I have to spread this message. I go back to my face-to-face -face meetings, at which there are many in my area, and sh and just share what's working for me. And, um, you know, I knew from before that the solution was in the big book. I had heard that, but I really didn't know how or what to do. And even though I'd gone through the steps when I got up to 12, I, I just didn't take that plunge, that leap of faith, because I was just scared and I didn't think I had anything to give away. And this time around, I know my life depends on it, so I'm trying not to overthink it and just do it. Because uh, as I hear on this meeting many times, it's a program not for people who want it or need it, but for people who do it. And for today, I'm doing it. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Jennifer P. Janice B., please go ahead. Thank you, Kathy. Good morning, visionaries. This is Janice B., recovered compulsive overeater in Vermont. And grateful to be sharing. Um, this morning, um, when, I, when I meditated on this paragraph, I, um, I had this this picture of um of uh 
a boat, you know, we're all in the same boat. And um, and uh, we reach out our hand to someone who's still in the water and um, and help help pull them into the boat. And and the and the other idea that I had was, um, you know, when there's a natural disaster like a big snowstorm or something. And everybody is out shoveling and helping people if they get stuck. And and there's this there's this spirit of being helpful. And it's not my ordinary way of being. My way of being is thinking of self and um, going about my my busy day um, and. And not and not be thinking of others. So, so the shift the shift from thinking of self to thinking of others doesn't um, you know we go through the steps and um, and but it's a daily a daily practice to to stay in that in that God consciousness to. Be helpful to other people, and and the other the other thing that came up was um, I reach out my hand. I don't like stand in the boat and and tell people uh, do this, do that, do this, do that. Um, I I need to, which is how I've been in and out of a way for so long. And I always looked for a sponsor who would crack the whip on me because <laughs> without that fear, I, I wasn't able to do anything. But that never worked for me. It never worked until I could own it and my sponsor took my hand and, and lovingly um, helped, helped me, showed me the way, and, and I owned I owned it, and it came from inside instead of being pressured from outside. That that was that's what worked for me, and I'm grateful. And I pass. Thank you, Janice B. Nessa R. Please go ahead. Thank you. Good morning, Vision for you. This is Nessa R. Recovered in Toronto, Canada. Um, I, I want to talk about the word willing. Um, I have a neighbor who, like me, has struggled with her weight for years and years and years. And every time that she found something that worked or I found something that worked, we would ask each other, you know, what did you do? And, of course, you know, the results didn't endure because they were just diet or, you know, whatever gimmicks. And so when I recovered about five years ago, customarily, she came over to me and asked me, what did I do? And I told her what I did. And she went to a meeting, and she came back and said, uh, uh, you know, this is too severe for me. And she never came back. And five years later, she's, she's still obese, um, hasn't really tried anything new. And so, you know, it makes me think about the word willing, because, you know, we read, we read a, few, uh, a few days ago, I guess, uh, the paragraph where it says, talks about the very practical approach to this to this program, and 
you know, practical means action. It's relating to or manifested in action. And, you know, God will shower me with blessings, but, and he will transform me, but I am not without my participation. You know, he will remove the food obsession, but not if I'm still binging. And he, he uh, will not weigh or measure my food or keep my hand away from my mouth. He will remove my character defects, but not if I'm still indulging in them. He will give me a happy, joyous, and free life, but not if I haven't made amends, so I'm not willing to make amends to those that I have harmed. And then, you know, there's so many people in the rooms and out of the rooms and even on this line who want what we have, who want this recovery, but like my neighbor are not willing to do what we do. And, you know, I know that because I used to be one of those, you know, full of excuses, you know, oh, but you don't understand. You know, I have small children. I work full time. You know, I care for elderly parents. You know, the, the dog got skunked. My life is so stressful. You know, uh, millions of excuses. And this is what Dr. Sokos knew very well. You know, he knew that he did not have the expertise to make anybody recover. Uh, because he'd been trying for years and he, he didn't succeed. You know, the expertise is um, in those who suffer from the disease and have recovered. Because I can offer excuses to my doctors, to my therapists, to my nutritionists, and they don't know the better because they don't know what it is like to be me. You know, they have never suffered from the disease and they have never recovered from the disease. But another compulsive overeater, they know, and they can see through my baloney, and they can say, you know what, that is just an excuse. You know, you either want it or you don't. And you're either willing to do what it takes or like my neighbor, you know, you don't. Um, so, you know, it's not enough to want what we have. Uh, we have to be willing to go to any length to get it. Like it says um, in page 58, if you have decided you want what we have and then you are ready uh, and you're willing to go to any length to get it, then you are ready to work, to, uh, to take certain steps or whatever. I'm paraphrasing. Uh, so put the foot down and work the steps. It is severe. It is a rigorous program of action, but it works. So the question is, how badly do we want it, and are we willing to, um, to do it? And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Nessa R. Leah M., please go ahead. Thank you much, very much, Kathy. Um, this paragraph to me, you know, speaks greatly about the service, the selflessness, the self-sacrifice uh, that occurred um, in carrying the message. You know, as recovered people, um, we have an obligation and a responsibility to carry the message. As the big book says, you know, we have recovered and have been given the power to help others. Uh, this is not done out of any, you know, uh, feelings of, you know, personal success. I mean, quite the opposite. This is, you know, a humbling experience to be, uh, to be of service. You know, we become a source of solace and service to our community out of gratitude to our higher power for having transformed us and having... Uh, you know, recovered. 
I mean, we are people in whom the problem has been solved. I've had the wonderful opportunity uh, to be a part of several communities, uh, starting meetings, um, watching them grow, watching them develop. Uh, it was in Maryland in 1987 after having recovered as a result of someone cracking this book open for me uh, that um, I had the opportunity to, to be a part of starting a meeting um, where the doctor's opinion was brought to life, where people were taught about the allergy of the body, where there was support in discovering for each individual a plan of eating, and there was a strategy for living on a day-to-day basis abstinently, as well as a timeline for working the steps. Uh, the, the tools, the meetings, the fellowship, very, very powerful, but not powerful enough to create the vital change necessary to overcome compulsive overeating. This is where the steps come in. The steps create the vital change that's necessary for people like us. Uh, so watching that that room grow in Maryland in 1987, then in 2001, moving to Minnesota, utilizing the recovered people in Maryland as sponsors to help the people in Minnesota, watching those rooms grow, 80, 100, 120 people, again, plan of eating through the doctor's opinion, strategy for day-to-day basis, utilizing the tools, and most importantly, a timeline for working through the steps. Again, watching a community to grow, bringing that same trilogy of support, um, and I'm wrapping up, to the phone line. What is the attraction? The attraction is recovery. Where's the electricity? The electricity is because you are hearing a variety of voices who uh, from people who have individually implemented these 12 steps, have recovered, the obsession of the mind has been expelled, and the problem has been solved. And that is a message of hope for each and every person on this line, as it was when this book was penned, as it is today, November 10th, 2016. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Leah M. Uh, Larry Kay, would you please read the next paragraph for us. Sure. I'd be happy to do that, Kathy. Thanks for your service. Larry Kay, recovered compulsive reader from Chicago. Someday we hope that every alcoholic who journeys will find a fellowship of Alcoholics Anonymous at his destination. To some extent, this is already true. Some of us are salesmen and go about little clusters of twos and threes and fives of us have sprung up in other communities through contact with our two larger centers. Those of us who travel drop in as often as we can. This practice enables us to lend a hand, at the same time uh, avoiding certain alluring distractions of the road about which any traveling man can inform you. And it says uh, this was written in 1939. In 2007, there are over 114,000 groups. There is AA activity in more than 180 countries with an estimated membership of over 2 million. So... um, you know what what i what i read here i mean it's it's terrific that we you know that we've grown from our origins uh we've grown and you know how how wonderful that you know that there's that the hand of oa is there hopefully is there 
to those who are still suffering, that they can reach out. And now, of course, we have, you know, here we are on the phone line. We have this, you know, technological ability to connect in, in this way as well. And back then it was a little bit more challenging. But here's the thing, you know, I draw draw this distinction. You know, um, we had exponentially, we had some tremendous growth in OA and certainly in AA from our origins, tremendous growth. And and one of the reasons they did from, you know, from 1939 on, I mean, this thing would have fizzled out, wouldn't it, if people weren't getting well? I see uh, businesses, go, you know, they, they don't succeed. They go out of business for a variety of reasons. There's lots of complexity. But a business that doesn't perform will go out of business, a small business, unfortunately, but that's the reality, not performing. People aren't buying what they have to sell. You know, it's not working for them. The same thing here, you see, if people aren't getting well, we fizzle out. And we've seen, unfortunately, we've seen, you hear on this line, we've seen meetings. Now, this meeting isn't fizzling out. Why might that be? Well, I think you know intuitively that's because people are getting well. You're, you're hearing people on the line and people that are staying on the line because they're getting well and they feel an obligation, and it's a, it's a beautiful thing to carry the message to the still-suffering person. So this, it's growing, and yet in our midst, there are others because they're hearing a message that is hopeful when you come in, but, it, but the fellowship and the tools were never designed to get you well. They are critical. They are beautiful. They are wonderful. I'm not poo-pooing them. Please understand, but those tools and even the beautiful fellowship were not designed to get you well. They weren't in 1939. They're not today in 2016. They were designed and always will be designed, if you work this program appropriately, to support you while you get well. You can sit here and you can make the calls. I read a PhD. I'm going to wrap up with this. I read a PhD recently. It was written a while back by a, a, apparently a compulsive reader. You know, and it broke out the percentages, um, you know, we're, we're 80, I don't know, 84 to 89% women, you know. I am woman, hear me roar. Okay, we're like, but there's a lot of men that are dying out there. They're dying out there. We need to get well. We need to carry the message. We need to broaden, broaden our reach so that, you know, and twos and threes among us can spring up and we can, and we are attractive. We are attractive. Thank God for this this message of hope. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry Kay. <clears throat> we have time for about three shares. Who would like to share? Nancy R. Nancy R. Deborah R. Leah S. I have Nancy R. Sarah W. Who is next? Deborah R. Okay. Lindsay F. Okay. We'll have to stop there, Lindsay. Maybe you can stay on for the second hour. No, I'm not able to. Thank you. Okay. Uh, Nancy, I can, Lindsay can have my spot. I can stay on after. Okay. Thank you very much, Deborah. Lindsay, you'll be our third share. Okay. Mar, please go ahead. Oh, thank you so much, and thank you for your service. Oh, what powerful readings this morning. I, uh, I'm reminded of a pamphlet I read once. It was called Why We Were Chosen. And I've just, I really feel a sense of sacred awe, awe this morning because 
uh, I have been given um, a gift, and I'm able to pass on uh, what has been so freely given to me, and that's recovery from this disease. Uh, I recently relocated to a small town, and I had to find a physician. And I always carry a uh, picture of me in my wallet at my top weight. <clears throat> I, I never know when I will get an opportunity to uh, share because people who, who haven't seen me, who, uh, people who are just meeting me have no idea of uh, my top weight. Uh, I have, I, I do, I, I, I take it very seriously, uh, my responsibility to uh, share what uh, God has given me. Um, there's a, a chapter, uh, there's a story in the big book, The Keys to the Kingdom, and I really feel that that's what I have. I have the key. I have the key to uh, the kingdom of recovery. I, I, I mean, I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful because there's so many out there struggling. So my, I gave my new, I, I, I showed my new physician my picture, and uh, I had some literature, and I shared to him, and he, he confided in me. He said, of all the addictions, this is the hardest. He said, this is the hardest. And he, you know, he expressed amazement. He said, you would be willing to uh, talk with a patient? I said, yes. I, I Yes, I am. I'm more than willing. So he hasn't called me yet, and uh, I don't know if he will, but uh, I am willing. And I also, uh, the readers help me to understand why people come in, and um, and, and many of them leave. Uh, people uh, don't are not willing to do the work. They want quick fixes. And uh, I, I'm, you know, my only responsibility is to carry the message, not not the uh, results. That's that's left to my higher power. Thank you for letting me share. Thank God for Overeaters Anonymous. Thank God for Visions for You. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Nancy R. Sarah W. Please go ahead. Good morning, Kathy. Thank you so much for your service. Sarah W., grateful, recovered, compulsive reader from Iowa. Um, yeah, you know, um, I was thinking about the book Pass It On because, you know, amazing how that book is all about Bill Wilson and that's what it's called. And the thought comes to me that, uh, you know, we become the message. And, um, you know, as was stated so beautifully, um, you know, this is a humble place that we come from, um, you know, why we were chosen is not because we're these great people, but somehow we have um, had the adversity and the pain of this disease and that we can reach out to, you know, one person to another, you know, sharing the language of the heart. But I was thinking about how important it is, you know, um, public information. And so many physicians, especially uh ministers, clergy, do not understand what this is. And we do have pamphlets. I don't know if people are aware of that, but we do have pamphlets to the professional, to the clergy. Um, and we also can go to clinics and offer ourselves to do like a little in-service on information about it, which is something that I am planning on doing this year. I think it's really important because one of the things that has happened that I think we're a lot of us are not aware of is so many people don't even know this exists. And, you know, this is a solution for so many people that we can offer, but how could they know about it if they don't know it, it exists? So um, I, um, that, that is what, what my um, focus will be this year. And, um, and that, you know, I, I will continue to 
try to be of service in whatever ways I can in healthy ways. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sarah W. And, Lindsay, you'll be our last share. Please go ahead. Hi. Thank you for the um, – I'm very grateful for the person who let me take her turn. Thank you. This is Lindy F. in upstate New York, and I, um, I'm really grateful for this meeting. I needed a meeting this morning. And what I heard is the importance of willingness in doing the work and the importance of the steps and the fellowship as a way to access that vital spiritual realignment, which is, I think, you know, the, the cause or the, the way we can really recover. Um, and I think that that's pretty profound. And, and I agree with Sarah on the importance of outreach. Um, where I live, there's one meeting. There's two or three of us that are attending. And I've been talking with uh, one of the other folks there about what we can do to spread the word of this little meeting. Um, it's a really rural area. I'm sure there's lots of people who could benefit, but it, you never know who will end up being willing or not, um, which kind of brings back to my need to be willing to do the work today. Um, so I'm grateful. Thank you very much. Thank you, Lindsay S. For it's it's Lindy, no F. Oh, sorry. Okay, That's thank okay. You. Everybody does that. <laughs> thank you, Lindy. Okay, it's now time to close our meeting. Um, thank you to everyone who has shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Deborah R., will you please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Yes, be glad to do that. Um, welcome, everyone. Good morning. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something that you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. That is the that is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. <laughs>